Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Saturday, September the 17th, 2022. It is currently 9.45 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Can you feel it? Can you sense it? Can you feel it? Can you sense it? Now, I know the reality is that you can't sense it. You can't feel it. And the reality is you probably don't even care. But in about 24 hours, in about 24 hours, Christians all across the United States of America, and I'll just focus on America, Christians all across the United States of America Something's getting ready to happen, right? In about 24 hours, Christians are going to wake up. They're going to get ready. And then in a roundabout way, I don't know if you can hear this. I'm ripping this paper completely into small pieces, right? All these, oh, I'm ripping it. I don't know if, can you hear that? And then I'm going to take all of these pieces and I'm going to throw them and it's going to go all across the room, a, a hundred different directions. Those pieces of paper just went everywhere. So I, I, okay, I need a cleanup crew, someone to come clean all of this up. Okay. And, and I'm trying to be serious, trying to have a little bit of fun, but I took a, 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 ple- a piece of paper, ripped it into all those little pieces and then threw the pieces in all kinds of different directions because in about 24 hours, that's what's going to happen once again because it happens every Sunday in America where millions of Christians, in a sense, here we are, we are Christians. We're supposedly the body of Christ, right? All of these things we say and then rip, rip, rip and we all go different directions and you and you're, you can see all the different directions. Just I challenge you to do this today, just in your city. Just look up how many churches are in your city. Look at all the different kinds. Just you, you I would, I, it would be, it would be, I mean, it would probably be boring, but it would be, well, I hate the word boring. To me, it shouldn't be boring, but I think it would be very revealing if you took an, if you looked up all the churches in your city and just broke them down into categories, just wrote the name of each one, which ones are Church of Christ, which ones are Methodists. Uh, which ones are Lutheran? What kind of Lutherans? Which ones are Presbyterians? The different kinds of Presbyterians, the different kind of Baptists, the different kinds of Charismatics. And if you just wrote all of them down, you would just see first how many churches are in your city and how different they all are. And if you just look at that paper, you'll see, wait a minute, they believe you should baptize babies. They believe you shouldn't baptize your babies. They believe you should baptize your babies, but it doesn't really do anything. And they believe you should baptize your babies, but it actually brings salvation. They believe you can lose your salvation. And they believe you, can, no, you can't lose your salvation. And they believe they, that you got your salvation by you believing and choosing. And they believe you got your salvation because God chose you. And, and they believe this and they believe that. And they believe uh, the Lord's Supper is symbolic. They believe the Lord's Supper that, they're, that, that, that Christ is present you know, underneath the, the, the wine and the bread. Some believe you should use wine. I mean, you can just go on and on and on and on and on. But every Sunday, the paper gets ripped apart and gets thrown into the wind and everyone goes to their, their separate, quote unquote, corners, all believing that they're right. 
believe that they they have it all figured out and everyone else is wrong. And you say, no, 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 I don't believe other people are wrong. Well, if you don't believe they're wrong and they don't believe you're wrong, then why are you meeting in separate churches? <laughs> like you can't say, well, no, no, no. I don't, it's not like I don't want. I, I don't want to say anyone else is wrong. You are saying someone else is wrong in some way because you're going to your church and you're not going to that church. You say, well, it's just a personal preference. It's not a personal preference when you're teaching completely opposite things. That's not a preference. That is that is statements of that's that's truth declarations. That's truth claims. Every Sunday. The proof of how dis, how much disunity is in Christianity, how divided we are, is put forth on, it's a full display. We tell the world, we don't agree on anything. I don't care how we want to minimize that. I don't care for you how we want to explain it away. I, I, you, can try to, you can try to tell them, no, 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 no. You see, we go to different churches and we don't agree on anything. But you need to know that there's real beautiful unity in the body of Christ because we're all baptized into one spirit and we're in one body. So even though we hate each other, there's real unity. You can try to convince people of that, but the world looks at that and like they don't agree literally on anything. They don't agree on anything. If, if I... I mean, I played these kinds of games before I became a Christian because I, you know, went to a little uh, smaller school in West Texas where most of the kids went to church and I would mess with them all the time. If I got three or four of them together, I'm like, wait, oh, wait, so you believe this, but they believe this and you believe this. And and then I would just get them arguing with each other and just basically laugh, laugh at them a little bit, kind of playing like, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But I just thought it was ridiculous because... They all claim to be Christians. They didn't agree on one thing. And that's just the way it is. So every Saturday, I, I, I it typically hits me on Sunday when I get in my car to drive to my church. I'm like, whoop, just drove past another church. Whoop, just drove past another church. Whoop, just drove past another church. Whoop, just went past another church. Oh, there's my church. And I know that by being at my church, we're, we are making some kind of claim that we don't want to be a, a part of the other churches. And so I, I can't stand how divided and how much disunity is in the body of Christ. It's, it's amongst the churches are divided and there's disunity and just, just individual believers. You get, you get believers talking about anything and almost immediately disunity and division shows up because there's disagreement about almost everything. It is sometimes just, it, I don't, it's just, it's discouraging. It's depressing, but that's the reality. And so I mention all of that because, well, welcome to another episode in our ongoing series about steps. Steps. In fact, I always forget the name of the series. Let me open up the Church One app because we work on so many series. I don't want to give you the wrong name, but the series we are calling, here we go. Let me pull up the series. Uh, we are calling this, I've got so many steps to unite the church. Steps to Unite the Church. And remember, I've given you an opportunity to send me your list of three things that you would bring some, that you felt would bring some sense of unity to the church. Three things. Now, I've been asking all kinds of three things questions really through the month of September. Um, Not a lot. I, I guess it's about... It's not the level of participation that I've gotten on other things, but it's not the worst either. So it's kind of in between. It's been moderately successful 
if I judge success based on how many people will participate. But I really thought everyone would have, no, here's my three things, but it seems people have been a little bit cautious. I think people get worried that they'll send me their three things and then their three things will have me sitting behind the microphone going, someone sent me these three things, but even if I did, I would never say your name. But okay, I, I, I understand. But I still want what everyone else thinks would bring unity to the church. Because we are looking at an article in this series so far that supposedly gives us seven steps to bring unity to the church. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh, but this article, hey, here are seven steps to bring unity to the church. And it's just all I can, all I can say is so far, the only words that comes to my mind are, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Meaningless, meaningless, because it's just words without really any substance. Everything they suggest, suggesting really doesn't mean anything. I don't know how that would even come close to bringing unity to the church, but we're continuing to work through them. Now, remember, I made the editorial decision to just look at one of their steps in each episode. So these episodes have been relatively short, but... That is by design because all of my other episodes are so long. I wanted to change it up a little bit. And I just wanted to give you, I wanted to give you their step, talk about it, and then just kind of leave it with you until the next episode so that you could think about, well, would, would that really bring unity? I don't know. And because while you're thinking about whether their suggestions would work, hopefully it would it would fire up your brain to start coming up with your own. Oh, this would bring unity to the church. But right now... All I know is I've got a floor covered in pieces of paper that I've scattered everywhere that I have to pick up. Why Why did I do that illustration? I don't know. But it's just, that's what tomorrow will look like. And so I don't care how many suggestions people come up with. I got 2,000 years of church history saying it's never going to work, but that's that's neither here nor there. So let's let's remind ourselves of how this article began. It's entitled, Seven Steps to Help Unite the Church of America. It was published on September the 3rd. 2022. And then the, the beginning of this is just so weird to me because they, they make a statement that, I don't know, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go through it quickly. Here we go. It was Jesus himself who said, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Then they say, so that's Matthew 12, 25. They apply that statement to the church. And so they say this, the same applies for the church. And here's the word that makes no sense to me. They have the word if, if, if we, the church, if we are divided against ourselves, we will be ruined. I don't know how you can say if we are divided. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of we are, we are divided. So you would have to write this art, you would have to rewrite this article and say this, the same applies for the church. We are divided against ourselves, therefore we are ruined. It's not a, it, it's going to happen. We, if division means ruin, then we are ruined because we have been divided. It goes on to say, and we will not stand. Well, if we are divided, which it's not an if, we are divided, then we have fallen we, ha we are ruined and we have fallen. So why would you put this as, hey, guys, we've got to fix this disunity because if we don't, we're going to be ruined and we're not going to stand. Well, we've not fixed the unity. I mean, if you go from the Protestant Reformation forward 
and see how many different groups, how many different denominations, how many different theological streams. It's, it's just never ending. So how can you say if? They go on to say, and if, well, once again, and if, it's not about if, since we are divided, the people of God in America uh, will not stand, so, the, so uh, Christians will not stand, neither will our nation. So according to this, if the church is divided, the nation is going to fall apart. Well, the church has been divided since the very beginning. So then how did the nation ever stand in the first place? I mean, this is so crazy. But how can we unite when there is such deep divisions uh, divisions and differences among us? So it, it, it acknowledges that there are deep divisions and differences. There's divisions and differences among us. So on one hand, it acknowledges this exists. On the other hand, it says, if we get divided, all of these things are going to fall apart. But then turns around and says, but there is already, present tense, deep divisions and differences among us. So I don't know. is If it's going to happen, it's so confusing because if, if Matthew 12, 25 is to be applied to the church, well, then guess what? We've already, we've already fallen. We, we, we've already in ruin. We're already destroyed. So they decide, and they, they go a lot more with their introduction. You can go back and listen to all of our previous discussions. They decide to give us these seven steps to bring about church unity. We've looked at each one. I'm not going to review each one. I'm just going to mention them. Number one, recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. Number two, Learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. That one just makes me laugh because, all right. Learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. Number three, find some common ground in Jesus. Okay, I, these are just so vague. I don't even know what this does. But today, drum roll, please. We come to number four. Make an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. Now, this sounds good. I think there's a little, there's a little kernel of truth to this because I think it's always important when we find people that we differ with, find people that we are in complete disagreement with. It is important to at least try to understand their perspective. Instead of, I, I, I say this about everything. I don't care what I'm studying. I don't care. I don't want to read, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to say something about Catholicism, I don't want to read books about Catholicism. I want to read books from Catholicism. If I'm going to say something about Mormons, I don't want to read books about Mormonism. I want to read books from Mormonism because I want to understand the perspective from their perspective. If I'm going to speak something about Arminianism, I don't want to read books about Arminianism. I want to read books from Arminianism. I want to know and understand that perspective. So I believe that there's a lot of where Christians don't seek to understand the other perspective. And I do believe that is wrong and it should be condemned because you should show the respect to genuinely understand something. But here's what I've learned. The more I understand the perspective, typically the more I, I am against it, right? Look, I can sit down and read 50 books from charismatics. And when I'm done, not only do I hate charismatic theology even more, I'm more frustrated. I've yet to read a charismatic book going, oh, wow, I really appreciate their perspective. I'm always like, 
This is insanity. This is trash. This is theological garbage. Okay, what are you saying to people? This is evil. Okay, I, I, and I know I just point that one out because that's the one I have the, the deep, the, one of my deepest dislikes is for charismatic theology. So I, I do agree that I want to understand it, but I don't know how, I don't think, I don't think understanding brings unity. I think understanding demonstrates the level of disunity that is present. The more I understand your perspective, the the more I understand how deep the division really is, that it's not surface level. See, a lack of understanding, I think for me, may give me the impression, okay, you believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, okay. But the more I understand, the more I'm like, oh man, okay, look, I don't know. I know you claim to be a Christian and I claim to be a Christian, but we're like are living in t- different universes. The things you say, the things, the more I understand, the more I realize how utterly divided we are. So I believe it is my responsibility to always seek to understand someone's perspective. But I don't believe that produces unity. This is what they have to say. Rather than live in an echo chamber or simply debate the rightness of your position, make a genuine effort to understand where your Christian colleague is coming from. I believe that it is important. And that's why I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I mean, I'm talking about all the time. I subscribe to who knows how many Christian podcasts. 80% of them are clearly not in my quote unquote echo chamber. They are way out. I, I subscribe to Stephen Furtick sermons. I, I subscribe. I mean, I can go from all of these churches that are way outside of my theological framework. And I listen because I want to know what's going on in the world of Christianity. So, and, and I, and, and when I review sermons, one of the things I do is I don't want to create a caricature. I, I try to listen to the entire sermon in real time when we review them so that I can hear their perspective and I'm not taking something out of context. I, I believe that echo chambers need to be burned to the ground. I can't stand echo chambers. And I know that, that, that in our world, because of the features on social media to mute and to block um, has created a situation where the only people you're talking to are people who already agree with you. And the only people you want to hear from are people you already agree with because it seems to create less drama on social media. The only problem is you just cut yourself off from all the different perspectives. So I, I hate echo chambers. So we should not live in echo chambers. We shouldn't. But what I realize is I don't live in the echo chamber. But every time I grab my iPad, I'm like, oh, what, what, what sermons? Let's see. Now, let me just go, which, which podcast app do I want to go to? I'll go to Overcast. I'll go to Overcast really quick. All right, I'm going to go to Overcast. I've got Christian Podcast. I have a folder for Christian Podcast. All right, let's see what I have here today. All right, right now I have Today in Perspective. There's a Presbyterian podcast. I have a, a Lutheran Hour. I have a Lutheran podcast. I have In the Market with Janet uh, par- uh, Partial, um, and she's kind of in the evangelical, maybe kind of political. I have uh, Grace Talks, Daily Devotional. I have Morning Mindset. I have Theology in the Raw, Today in the Word, which is from Moody. Uh, I have another Lutheran one. I have the Crosswalk Devotional, Treasured Truth, the Daily Light Devotional. 
I have daily devotions from Charles Stanley, Our Daily Bread, have Breakpoint, I have uh, Issues, etc., which is Lutheran. I have uh, Grace in Focus, which is uh, what would some would, recall, would refer to easy believism, uh, but some would call it a, a, a grace perspective uh, versus, say, a lordship perspective. I've got, uh, see, I think that's uh, uh, J.D. Greer. I have, what else do I have here? Uh, I've got Chris Fabry. I've got... Uh, Oh, I have Olive Tree Ministries, Understanding the Times, which is biblical prophecy, which we've talked about. I've got uh, Mark Driscoll. I've got Albert Moeller. I mean, I'm just going through here. Oh, I have the Gospel Coalition. <laughs> I mean, I have, I, I, I could just go through all of these. There's so many different perspectives because I don't want to live in an echo chamber. But guess what? If I, when I start listening to some of those podcasts today, if I get to them, you know how many I'll be like, oh man, oh man, what is, what is, oh, what is that? The more I, the more I understand the perspective, to me, the more the the, the vision becomes understood. So, but all right, it says rather than living in an echo chamber, simply to or simply debate the rightness of your position, make a genuine effort to understand where your Christian colleague is coming from. Why do you vote differently than I do? Why do you uh, prioritize certain issues? You may not be convinced, but at least you will gain insight and perhaps even some empathy. I just think that's so naive. The more I understand, I can't say I have empathy. I think I just grow more frustrated because I, the more I dig in, the more I try to understand, I may realize, wait a minute. They, their, their hermeneutical approach, I don't even know what that is. Wait, the way they twist scripture? That's not real, rightly dividing the word of truth. Wait, how dare they tell people that when it's obviously not true? Like, what is this? What is that? I don't know. I do believe there's a kernel of truth. I put it this way. I will say this. I don't think understanding the other perspective creates unity. I think it just creates an understanding of the difference. I think it just helps. I think it just brings into focus why we're divided, right? I think it just brings into focus why we're so divided. Uh, But according to them, make an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. And that supposedly will produce (laughs) unity in the church. Now I'm going to, I'm going to come back and just throw this out really quick. I am going to argue and, 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 and when I get to the end of this and I throw out some of my ideas, but I, I believe that when it comes to unity within the church, there's never going to be unity in the body of Christ. There's never going to be. And you can claim, oh, but we're unified because we're in the invisible body. Again, that what does that even mean? We don't even agree on who's in the invisible body. We don't meet. We don't see each other. So that's some kind of just artificial unity that really has no significance. I think when it comes to unity, Within Christianity, the only unity you can hope for, the only unity you can strive for is unity and unity within one local assembly. Each local assembly can try to create as much unity within itself, but there's rare, there's no, not going to be any unity outside of that one church. Unless there's going to be massive compromise. And even then, even when pastors supposedly get together and like, we're brothers in Christ and we're unified, then why do you have two separate churches? 
Wouldn't it be better to, to, to pull the churches together, be unified in a working relationship? Even if you had two separate buildings, you would unify under one central leadership where you can pull your resources and work together in all kinds of different ways. But you rarely see that. You may have two pastors who say, well, we get along, great, but your churches don't, <laughs> okay? So I, I, I just, it just seems like it would make more sense, but those are the kinds of things that we don't see. And I know you're like, well, go on to the next one. No, because each one I'm just giving to you, make an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. Within each local congregation, if we would work together to understand our each other, I think that would be, that would go a long way. That would be, that possibly would bring more unity within that one local church. But it's hard enough to find, to, to get along with each other inside a local church, because typically not only is there disagreement, then someone's like, peace out, I'm leaving, they go find somewhere else, because that's what they do, that's what happens. So, um, I don't know, I, I do believe we have a responsibility to under the, I, here's what I believe, every Christian has a, a responsibility to understand the other perspective if you're going to speak against it or condemn it. If you don't truly understand the other perspective, you should not be speaking against it or condemning it. I, I, I get so tired when I hear Christians say something. I'm like, you don't even know. Why are you saying that? You don't even know what they believe. Stop it. Just stop it, okay? So we need to understand the other perspective. But I believe the more you understand the other perspective, the more clear, the more in focus, the difference in the division becomes. So I don't think this would actually produce unity. I don't know if it would produce empathy. But within one local, within each local assembly, I do believe as individual brothers and sisters in the Lord inside one church, one local congregation, we should work as hard as we can to understand the other perspective and find a way to get along inside that one local church. That's the unity I think we can focus on. The unity beyond that, Christianity is is divided beyond repair. All right, I got to stop there. I went I went twenty five minutes. I went a little longer this time. Um, I want to go to the next one, but I, I promised one at a time, one at a time. When we get to the end. I'm going to come up with a couple of a couple of ideas. I don't know if it would work, but I'm going to come up with a couple of ideas that would that would bring about. I don't know if it would bring about unity, but it would be an interesting uh, social experiment. I can tell you that it would be a fascinating experiment, um, and uh, you'll see what I mean by that. It, it would be fascinating. It will never work. It will never work, but it would be fascinating if it did. All right, we'll, we'll throw that out when we get done, when we get done with number seven. But in the meantime, what's your thoughts about the disunity? What would be three things you think would bring unity to Christianity? Email them to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right, it is Saturday. I have a lot to do today, but whenever I can, I'll be turning on the microphone, providing you something of spiritual nourishment. So if you uh, if you would like to download the Church One app, Church O-N-E, that's Church O-N-E, Apple or Android, uh, once you download the app, search for Theology Central, choose us as your chosen broadcaster, and guess what? 
You can get notified every time I go live, which seems to be all the time. And you can see all of our content broken down into different series. Makes it very easy to find our content. All right. Or you can listen to us on any podcasting app on planet Earth because we're available on all of them. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.